What a season Kyle Larson has put together, and what a round. This round of eight, eight of the best drivers in NASCAR, he has put it on him. He wins again. Larson wins at Kansas. For you, Mr. H. For you and all the teammates of HMS from all those years ago. Excellent job, guys. Great team, great job today. Freddie Larson. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And we've only got two races left in this season, two episodes left to break down bets for NASCAR races. It just wild to me that we're already at the end of this year. Got Thanksgiving around the corner, so you got to get your picks in now. Get your fix while you can because it's going to be a long drought until the 500 on this week's episode. We're going to take a look back at Kansas, talk about what went down on the track. Did it look good? Did we like it? And then talk about how we did with our picks that we called out on the podcast last week. Talk about our matchup with Cousin Greg for a second. And uh, just see how everything's feeling coming out of Kansas. Then we'll move to the final round or the final race of the round of eight, Martinsville. lot to expect here. I am fired up for this race, and I'll tell you why as we give a a quick preview of Martinsville, and then it's time to talk about picks. Picks to win the race. It's going to be an interesting conversation there, that's for sure. In the finishing position segment, we're just going for value. That's what we're looking for there. So got some shots in the dark. We'll see if they stick. And then obviously the head-to-head section, um, you know, difficult, I'd say, this week, and uh, a lot to talk about there as well. And then in the very end, we'll talk about some new bets that are available on DraftKings, and talk about some championship odds. Just generalizing that conversation, we, we hit big this time last year on this episode, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss what that was last year and how it applies this year going into Martinsville. So a lot to talk about, a lot of fun stuff, and uh, we're going to start it off with Kansas. So Kyle Larson is your winner. Three straight wins. Where did you hear that? Well, you heard it on this podcast after the Roval. I said, this guy has a very good chance of winning three straight, and, well, he went out and did it. So just absolutely wild. Now, I thought for a little bit there was a potential for Elliott to be the winner and lock himself in. There was a thought going through my head that, you know, is Larson letting up a little bit here? Is he kind of, you know, letting the the company dictate what's going on? Because Elliott... All of a sudden, he's he's up there, and he's. I didn't feel like his car was the strongest, but he's up there leading laps, and you know Larson kind of rolled over a little bit there a few times. But maybe it really was just uh, some back and forth because there were some random leaders. Um, so I, you know, we'll talk about some of those guys. But as far as Elliott was concerned, he ended up dropping back. I wasn't sure if that was a bit of a collusion there, but it ends up not being the case. So Larson prevails after a lot of back and forth and um, you know when you're looking at the stat lines after the fact it it really wasn't back and forth uh, if you're just looking at this on paper because he hit our prop bet for us Larson plus 400 to win the race and lead the most laps I mean he absolutely dominated that stat as we talked about so we said on the pod if you're going to take Larson don't get him at plus 230 get that plus 400 
and that ended up paying off for me and hopefully anyone that was listening last week as well. That was a good prop by the sports books, and it made a lot of sense. So there were some random leaders. I mean, you saw some different guys up front. Um, Elliot Byron, you had Reddick, Kurt Busch with a great day last week. Um, so just different leaders. And in the end, it ended up being Larson you know, starting and finishing and winning from the pole. So um, you can't... You can't deny his absolute dominance on the 550 tracks this year. I mean, we're done with the 550 package, and, you know, they're looking back at that. I mean, <laughs> Hendrick Motorsports, they should put a, a, a banner up in the rafters of Hendrick Motorsports for the 550 package. I mean, what a year they've had as a whole, as a company, but specifically Kyle Larson and that five team. Like I said, they put the five in the 550 package. That is for sure. Um, looking at the rest of our bets, head-to-heads did not go our well. I don't know what it is lately. Uh, it's either we do well with the money line picks and the finishing finishing positions, but we struggle with the head-to-heads or vice versa, and that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Uh, one and two, we had a, a random race day parlay. We went two and one there. Um, so three and three overall with the head-to-head matchups that we called out individually. But finishing position bets, we made out pretty well. Like I said, Kurt Busch, what a great day he had. Finishing top five, we had him at top ten. So anyone uh, took a little extra risk there, they made out even better. And then Michael McDowell, we called him out to finish in the top 20, and he did so easily, finishing 16th. So a pretty good, comfortable race there for McDowell. I mean, I, I was never really sweating that one as the race was unfolding. He was running strong within that top 20 most of the day. MTJ, we called him out for a top five, and he just missed it. He finished seventh. So all around, pretty good day. Now, I have to recap the Cousin Greg. We did the the daily fantasy draft. We got lineups together. I posted those lineups out there on Insta for people to vote on. And people seem to generally like my lineup better. And I'll tell you what, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about not counting your chickens before they hatch. Well, I did just that with that matchup. I checked out a couple times early in the race, and I was crushing him, like not even close. So I was like, man, got that one in the bag. Don't have to worry about that. But there were two things that happened to change the tide in that matchup. One was Brad Kozlowski. He struggled earlier, had that flat tire. They had some damage there, and he was all the way in the back. So that definitely skewed the outcome or the outlook of the matchup early if you were checking the the numbers. Um, He ended up fighting back, as he's done most of the year, for a pretty solid finish. For being running 31st, two laps down in Stage 1, he he ended up with a pretty decent finish for that team and keeping them somewhat alive in this championship hunt. Um, So Greg had Kozlowski... And, you know, fighting back like that was definitely a bit of a comeback story. Then on the flip side, I had Ryan Blaney. And uh, that was a killer when he got dumped by Austin Dillon. And Dillon actually is Greg's uh, favorite driver, personally, who he cheers for. So I kind of felt like the fix was in there. He he put a little phone call down there to the three-team, told him to take him out. But in any case, Blaney wrecking killed my team and with Kozlowski coming back, it made it closer, and Greg beat me by 20 points. So hats off to Cousin Greg. He got the job done in the first-ever Daily Fantasy Draft. I had a lot of fun doing that. Hopefully it was fun to listen to. Maybe we'll try to do that again next year once or twice. So, um, yeah, definitely keeping our eyes peeled there. So looking at the race overall, Jeff Gluck does his good race poll, which there's rumors that he's not doing it again next year. I love this thing. I love how it gives the pulse of the – 
the NASCAR world, 53% of the people said it was a good race. So just a little bit more than half the people said it was good, but that's not great in the scheme of things when you're looking at the full list of races this year. So, hey, I mean, I thought, you know, Again, we talked about it with Texas. Gambling makes these mile and a half more interesting. So I would have to imagine that uh, if the people who voted uh, that it wasn't a good race had some money on it, that might have changed some things. Because it was pretty interesting, especially the bets that we had out there. So Kansas, you know, good job. Uh, came out victorious, I guess, in, in the, the, the positive for our bets. And uh, we will move forward with two races left. A good little bankroll here moving to Martinsville. So for Martinsville, we have a lot of stuff to talk about before we even get to our picks. Just like excitement level for me is very high, and I haven't felt this in a little while, and I'm going to talk about why. But before we do all that, let's call out our track stats so we can kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to get into here. 145 races all time at Martinsville. It's one of the historic tracks on the circuit. It's a lot of data to pour through here. The winner has started on the pole 21 times in the history of the track, and the last time it happened was Jimmy Johnson in 2013. The winner has started in the top five 52% of the time. That's not abnormal, I would say, but here's a stat for you. The winner has started in the top 10 73% of the time, but seven straight times. 12 out of the last 13 winners at Martinsville have started within the top 10. That is not something that I've seen, you know, because I do track this every week and I look for trends and this is a trend that really stood out to me. So obviously all of our playoff drivers starting within that top 10, that makes this stat um, something that is uh, easier to kind of cling on to. It's very anticipated that one of these guys is going to win the race. Um, so therefore the top 10 stat would hit again, but I found that super interesting. So uh, outside the top 20, it's only happened seven times, and the last time someone started outside the top 20 at Martinsville was Dale Jr. back in 2014. So manufactured trends, really nothing too crazy. Everybody's got a, a bit of a mix there as far as Toyota, Chevy, and Ford is concerned. So not really hanging my hat on anything there. It's really just the top 10 and um, making sure that if you're not choosing a playoff driver, Right, because we'll get into some of the props that they have out there later. But there is that prop of a non-playoff driver winning. Um, there's only going to be two guys starting inside the top ten that are non-playoff drivers, and uh, so that really makes that bet, you know, a little tougher to swallow if uh, twelve of the last thirteen are starting in the top ten. So, thought that was interesting. Just wanted to call that out. So, why am I excited for Martinsville? Well, the playoff picture, love it or hate it. I know it's very polarizing, but it's wide open, okay? I put this out there on Instagram for people to look at. I found this really interesting. I, you know, I don't know how many other people did, but the top seven, we look at average finish in the last 10 races and driver rating in the last 10 races every single week on this podcast. I always call them out as metrics that we cling to, and the top seven at Martinsville in the last uh, 10 races are the playoff drivers not named Kyle Larson, which tells you that this is even more wide open. These guys, these seven drivers vying for a chance at the championship are all very good here compared to the field. They're all in the top seven. That's a crazy stat to me, both in average finish and driver rating. Like no one sneaks in there. That's just crazy. So 
making it possible for any one of these guys to win the race makes this super interesting. So whereas in Texas and Kansas, I've kind of felt like you need to gamble on this race to make this interesting for yourself. I could take the week off and still watch this race from start to finish and feel super entertained. I'm, I fully believe that. Uh, now, because there's only two races left in the season, why would I want to do that? I'm going to be pining for NASCAR gambling <laughs> before Christmas time. Uh, but that just makes it you know, super interesting. And I feel like the top four really could get shuffled up. It's very possible. I mean, right now, Larson's locked in. You got Chase and Denny. They're up there in points. They're going to be looking for those stage points. You better believe it. They're not going to you know, drop back and try to avoid stuff. They need good points days. Um, so stage points are very important to those two. And then obviously you've got some of the other guys like Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney. Um, they need to focus on where everybody else is on the track uh, and get good points days. And then it gets into the the Truexes and the Kozlowskis and Loganos who are really looking for a win. But, you know, I don't even think – Logano said that he was in a must-win situation on his podcast or his radio show. And he's, I think, 26 or 36 to the bed. I think it's 26. I don't even think he's in a must-win situation because if something were to happen, that's gettable through points. But I like that mindset. We're going to talk about Logano in a second. Another thing that I wanted to call out just to kind of drive the point home how crazy this race could be with these guys competing very hard – when you're looking at the seven drivers that are yet to clinch, in 10 races, or in the last 10 races, some of them might not have run all 10 of those, but there's only been one DNF between all seven of them. So you figure that's a 70 race stat uh, at its max, and only one DNF out of all of them it was Brad Kozlowski a few years ago. So unbelievable. They, they, these guys are that good at this racetrack in a clinching, you know, end of the round championship four on the horizon race. It just makes it super fun to watch. So I'm into it. Um, and now you want to set your sights on, well, who's going to do well and, and who can we place our money on? You know, because that's a great thing for the non-gambler, right? You're going to get a good entertaining race, most likely. But now when you're looking to place money on some of these guys, they're going to be all jumbled up. It's going to be very tough to kind of pinpoint who to call out and who to throw your money down on this weekend because they are going to be driving next to each other. It's going to be very tight. So I tried to do the best I could, and uh, I'm calling out a few drivers to win the race. Obviously, it's a crapshoot. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about money line picks to win the race right now. And the first guy that I'm calling out is Martin Truex Jr. plus 450. How could you not take Martin Truex Jr.? In the past, uh, past seasons of this podcast, I've had a thing where I've avoided the favorites. But it's been working out for me recently. And uh, Truex, I mean, he's won three of the last four races here. You're going to hear the announcers talking about that. Anybody, any pre-race show, that type of stuff, they're going to be calling out Truex for that reason. In his last 10 races, three wins, six top fives, eight top tens. His average finish is first, 6.5, and his driver rating is first, 114.6. So, I mean, that's very impressive. And his driver rating actually improves if you get closer in the last three races, 119.8. So that's the type of thing that I'm looking for here 
uh, for a driver to bet money on to win the race. I mean, he's got that formula that I'm looking for, all that stuff. So last year's race, he finished one lap down, and that was a 22nd place finish. But that was the only lap that he did not finish in 5,005 laps. So he's run 5,004 laps in his last 10 races. That's just absolutely insane. So whether he's winning the race or not, if he's there at the end, which is very likely, he's going to be on that lead lap, going to be in that top 10, like I said, eight out of the last 10, top 10 finishes, he's going to be a factor. And so this is a track where people get hot. If you look at the history of the winners here, um, people seem to kind of just find it, whatever it is in that generation or in that moment. And Martin Truex Jr. is that it guy right now. Like the last four races, like I said, three wins, that's pretty impressive. You factor that in with the fact that green flag speed on 750 tracks, remember we're switching gears here for these last two races, on 750 tracks, he's second in 2021, which is a little bit surprising, but um, he's second. So just like I said, the formula works. He's the favorite for a reason, and you're getting much better value for the favorite this week than we've seen in the last few weeks. I think, you know, looking back to the Roval and then Texas and Kansas, this is a bit better uh, than we've seen. Instead of the plus 350, plus 250, plus 450 for a guy with those stats that I just laid out there, lock me in. So the 19 car, let's get it done. Truex, you know, I'm all over this pick. They named the goddamn track after him, seems like Martinsville for Martin Truex. If it's not Truex, who are we looking at? You know, I, I kind of want to get a bit of a, a different odd, so I'm going down. These guys are all jumbled up if you're looking at the list of the odds. So the next guy I'm calling out is Denny Hamlin, plus 650. Those odds, to me, I thought were, were pretty interesting. Uh, they kind of stood out to me here. He's in the positive for playoff points, like I said. So, you know, I really want to see him in the championship four. I really, you know, whether he gets in by points or he wins the race, like we're about to talk about, I, I just want to see him in the championship four to have that showdown with Larson. Larson's been the best driver this year. That is for sure. But for most of the season, it seems like we kind of forget about this now, Denny Hamlin was dominating the points and was the points leader. And up until almost the last week, had a shot at the championship, or excuse me, the regular season championship. So I, you know, am kind of pulling for this. Um, Hamlin, he is the, the Virginia guy three hours away. So it's not his home track per se, but, um, you know, he, he's got some experience here. Last 10 races, zero wins, five top fives, six top tens. His average finish is 10.1. That's six on the circuit. Driver rating is seventh, 102.2. He finished third here in the spring after two races where he finished outside of the top 10. That's pretty odd for him for that to happen too straight. Now, his career numbers are, and we don't really touch on that very often, career numbers at racetracks, but I needed to call this out because he has five wins at Martinsville. So even though we called out in the last 10, he doesn't have any wins. He has five in his career. The last one happened in 2015, and he had three straight. 2009 to 2010. So like we talked about, this is a streaky racetrack. Guys get hot. They figure it out. And he had figured it out in 2009, 2010. 
Um, in his last 10 races, 50% of the time, he's finishing in the top five. So that gives him a shot at the end to do it. If the race plays out where we're getting some late cautions and we've got guys in that top five, anybody has that opportunity to kind of move guys out of the way and get the job done. So um, the, the statistics would tell you that he's going to have a legitimate shot at being there in the end. And we know that he's figured it out in the past. So why can't he do it again? Now, the only downside here is that he would be playing this safe. He's trying to stay out of the way of trouble. If he is leading the race, you know, maybe you see somebody in his rear view and he kind of moves out of the way to avoid getting dumped. Um, that's a concern for betting on him or Chase. Uh, so because they're looking for that points day. But if you're looking for more upside than the stats already threw out there, on 750 tracks, his green flag speed is first this season, and it's by a lot. So I threw out the scenario where he's in the top five and we get some late race cautions. I think for anyone that's betting on Denny, like me, the scenario we would really like to see is that green flag speed prevails and he's leading by a few seconds and he doesn't have anybody on his ass coming down to those final laps. So Denny Hamlin plus 650, you know, for the guy who's first in green flag speed in 2021 on this rules package... I like that number, plus 650. So, Denny Hamlin, the 11 car, lock me in there. So, the last guy I'm going to call out, it's a crapshoot. This is more of a um, kind of hoping I see some chaos sort of thing. Joey Logano, plus 850. All right, bear with me. Joey Logano needs points. You know, there's no doubt about it. Um, he's way down. And so, like I said in the quick preview of Martinsville, he said it himself. He feels like this is a must win. And I feel like this is a great place to kind of, you know, know your mission because, I mean, that's that's a positive thing, right? You've got guys in the middle of the, the standings here for the playoffs that it could go either way, right? They're, they're fighting for points, but they, they want to win the race. And it's just like kind of pulling away. Logano is not so outside that he can't point himself in if other guys have some trouble. But his mission is to win the damn race. Like, that's what he knows. If everybody else runs their race, he's going to have to win. He's not going to be able to, to sneak in on points. There's no shot of that. He's not one or two points behind. So I like that mentality going into it. In his last 10 races, now the question becomes, can he do it? And my answer to that is yes. Last 10 races, one win, four top fives, eight top tens. His average finish, 7.9, is fourth out of everyone, just like his driver rating, fourth. And more recently, in the last three races, his driver rating improves to third from 106.7 to 115.7. So the point is, plus 850. I mean, forget about the fact that Logano's fighting for a, a championship four spot and he needs a win. Those numbers... And those odds kind of connect to me like, wow, that's pretty good odds for someone like this. Um, he seems to be stronger on the 750 tracks than he was the 550 tracks. So even though we've been kind of blinded over these past few weeks, the, the Logano and the 22 team kind of fell off of our mindset here because they've been lacking. He's fourth in green flag speed in 2021. So that jumped out to me. You know what I mean? The guys that we're calling out to win the race are in the top four for green flag speed on 750 tracks. The other guy is Kyle Larson, who we're not calling out tonight. So 
you know, that stood out. I really like that. Now, if you don't like Logano to win the race because it seems like a tall order, which I don't think it seems like that tall of an order, but if you feel that way, a top five finish for Logano would give you plus 115. He's got three straight top fives. And the fact of the matter is, if he's going to do this thing and he's going to give it the, the little college try and he comes up a little bit short, he would be landing in that top five cashing in that bet. So I really like that one as well. I'll be on that plus 115. I know we're about to get to the finishing position bets, but um, that is one that I'm going to take because three straight top fives and uh, four in the last 10, clearly he, he's picking it up. Like we talked about, he's improving in these more recent. So is he starting to get hot at Martinsville? That's a good question. Um, so he's got a good, good situation going for him. I like his stats and I really Really like those odds at plus 850 and plus 115 for a top five. So to recap the picks to win the race, Martin Truex Jr., plus 450. Denny Hamlin, plus 650. And Logano, plus 850. Let's go. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, you bunch of hot dogs. So now we're in the part of the podcast where we get in some finishing position picks, like we just talked about with Logano. We've got some few other guys we're going to call out here. But before we do, I just wanted to issue a bit of a warning because in this segment of the podcast a few weeks back, we were talking a bit about props, and we're going to talk more about props in the end of this episode, but I called out the fact that DraftKings has a bet out there each week now where they match up two teams, and they say, will this team have more drivers in the top 10 than this team? And I made a point to say that I really liked the way they structured the bet or the question because the way they usually do it and the example that I'm going to give because last week I called out uh, Chip Ganassi versus RCR. And the question was, will RCR have more cars in the top 10 than Chip Ganassi? And I said, no, because I was thinking that Ganassi could get it done. And what I called out on the podcast was, if you're answering that question, no, you know, they will, so RCR will not have more cars in the top 10. To me, I interpret that as if it's a tie, then the tie goes to the team that you're saying they're up against. And so this past week, I said, no, RCR will not have more drivers in the top 10 than Chip Ganassi, and they ended up having one each. So I'm thinking I won that bet. And when I went back and checked it after all the dust settled on Sunday, I saw that it was a push. So they said the reason for it was a tie. Um, so ties are not going to the, the team that, you know, is the answer for no. So that structure of the question really grinds my gears. It's not a good phrase to use. Um, and I, I really just wanted to put that out there. If you're selecting no, for the reason that I was thinking, like if it's a tie, it's going to go to the, the other team. Uh, that is not the case. So that question is simply, which team will have more drivers in the top 10? It's not a yes, no question. It's which team will have more. Um, so I think they should change that. And I was pretty upset on Sunday when I saw that I got uh, a push on that bet because I thought I played that pretty well. But in any case, quick rant there, but more of a warning in case that you were uh, betting that prop bet on DraftKings as well. So 
Finishing position bets. Like I said at the top of the episode, we are just going for strict value here. We're not taking anybody minus money this week. You know, two races left. What do we have to lose? Can't hold anything back. So I'm getting a little crazy, especially with my top 10 pick. All right. I know that this is crazy as I'm talking about it, but I'm talking myself into it. This is a long shot, but Eric Amarola plus 130. I know. I've been pretty hard on him lately, uh, saying that he's kind of just mailed it in. But hear me out on this one, all right? He's got two top 10s in his last five races here. A couple other races within those last five, he has a, he got wrecked, you know, he crashed out, and also had a bad battery. So that really impacts his average finish. So when you're looking at his stats as a 50,000-foot view, it doesn't look very good. And in the spring, he finished 20th one lap down. But those two top 10s in the last five races. I mean, I like that percentage for someone who's getting plus 130, right? If you're going plus 130, it's not a Glock. It's a shot in the dark. Um, And here's the thing. Since that first Martinsville race, he has improved and his green flag speed in 2021 is seventh on the circuit. That is something that to me is worth a shot at this one. So I've been down on Amarola recently since he got eliminated from the playoffs, but we haven't really seen him perform on the 750 track. It's been mostly 550 country and the Roval. Um, so I'm you know, really into this bet, and uh, I, I think I know that it doesn't look good on paper. You know, we're kind of, ugh, Amarola. But you think about the fact that he's not signed yet, as far as I know. Like, I keep looking for this. Unless I completely miss something. He's not locked in. So he's still kind of fighting for his career unless, uh, or for his job next year in that 10 car, unless they've got something kind of agreed upon or I'm just completely missing the news. He still needs to put up some, some good finishes here in these last two races. So the fact that there's 750 tracks, that's really the thing that, that stood out to me and gives him a shot at hitting this for us at plus 130. So uh, it would be a long shot, but I really like it. Uh, Almarola, we're going to go back to him and see if he can, you know, hook us up here at the end of the year. The next guy I'm going to be calling out is a top five bet, and it's Kyle Busch plus 100 to finish in the top five. Now, I saw this, and I was, like, kind of blown away. Um, Kyle Busch, I mean, obviously he's a playoff driver. He's fighting for his championship four hopes, and I'm wondering, like, why is he plus money? to finish in the top five. Like these types of guys are usually, especially guys who have good stats are usually minus money uh, to finish top five. But when you look a little bit deeper, I think this is what the books are looking at. Four straight non top five finishes for Kyle Busch. Before that though, he had six straight. So six top fives in his last 10 races, including a win. And he has eight top tens. His average finish is third out of everyone. 6.9 His driver rating is third just really good numbers for someone to finish in the top five. We're not asking Kyle to win the race. We know that he's going to be looking to try to have a really good points day. He's right on the cusp, like one point to the good. Um, So he's going to be watching everybody else and just trying to stay up there, get some good stage points. His green flag speed in 2021 on 750s is ninth out of everyone. So he's a factor not only to win the race, but, you know, he can definitely finish in the top five in my opinion push is coming to shove here for kyle because he's been bitching and moaning all year 
especially all playoffs. Like as soon as something goes bad, he's whining, 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 which is not off brand. That's very on brand for him. But unlike a lot of times, I think in the past where, you know, he's complaining, they killed it um, and they just go to the garage. They fought back and they've put themselves in position to, you know, sneak into that championship four and then anything can happen. And so he's one point to the good. Like I said, points day for Kyle. And and if the win is there, he's going to grab it. Plus 100 to finish top five is very, very achievable, in my opinion, if they run their race. So good numbers at Martinsville. No reason for uh, us to pass up an opportunity here to get some good value on a top five. Now, the last guy we're going to call out for the finishing position picks, Ryan Newman, plus 100 to finish in the top 20. Plus 100. Like I said, we're going all good value this week. So when you're looking at Newman, like in the past, when I've searched for Ryan Newman, it's really been for the top 10s. And he becomes so much more attractive as a name for top 20 finishes. Now, this is a stat that I found interesting here because out of the entire field, looking at their past history at Martinsville, seven drivers have nine or 10 top 20 finishes in their last 10 races. Okay, so you're either 90% or 100% finishing the top 20. Only seven drivers. That's not a lot. That's less than I would have thought. Newman is one of those guys. And the other guys that are doing that are all playoff drivers and then Kevin Harvick, who probably normally would be in the playoffs. So he's an outlier. And outliers are who we're looking for when you're searching for top 20s and cross-referencing that with the odds, and I really like where I'm coming together here on that graph. The odds and the stats and, you know, how everything is shaking out. Nine for 10 top 20 finishes. His average finish is 14.7. That's not too shabby. He finished 19th in the spring race, so just there. And so you're taking this for the history and the fact that his odds are pretty good. We just need him to kind of hang on, you know, because... This is something that is not going to be a lock. He might be fighting for this throughout the day. You know, there could only be maybe 14 guys on the lead lap. So he's going to be fighting drivers, maybe a lap down to finish in the top 20. Who knows? But I like the history here for Newman. Um, Obviously, this year has been a little rough. We don't know what's going on with him next year. But plus 100 for a guy who's got nine out of the last 10 races in the top 20, lock me in. I just like that scenario and i feel like you're making an, a sound bet you're not uh, you're not betting with your gut here or your heart um, this is really uh, with your mind so i'm into it ryan newman let's even go get it done for us on sunday just want to wish them a, a, a merry off season and a happy christmas now we've arrived at the head-to-head matchup section and this is been where we've made a lot of money so far this year but we're on a bit of a downswing right now back-to-back one and two weeks on the podcast parlays and these three matchups that we're calling out here. So um, hoping to turn around this week. Feel like we've got some good feelings about these matches, so feeling pretty good. Wanted to call out, though, there, there are some matches that we're not calling out that correspond with the guys that we called out to win the race. So there's a Truex. If you were to take the, the guys that we talked about to win the race in head-to-head matchups, right? Because if you believe in those guys, then you should be able to believe in them to beat one other driver. Those matchups are Truex over Larson, Logano over Kozlowski, Denny over Chase, 
I'll probably throw those all together in a parlay, but I, I did not look too far into it because I think there are definitely factors that, you know, would say that might not work out. But um, if you're trying to connect the dots here, those three guys that we called out, I found it interesting that they're all facing random people. Um, so I'll probably throw that into a parlay and we'll see what those odds look like on Sunday. But uh, we're going to call out three different matchups. Okay. And the first one, Two non-playoff drivers here. Christopher Bell, minus 120, versus Kevin Harvick, plus 105. This one stood out to me as a mismatch when I'm scanning through the list of the matchups, looking at the odds. I'm not sure where these odds are coming from. So Christopher Bell has three career starts, one top 10, two top 20s. His average finish is 16.7 in that short span. Seventh in the spring. So that was his best finish here, and he did beat Harvick, who finished ninth, kind of right behind him there. And if you're looking at his three starts at Martinsville, he's 2-1 and one head-to-head against Harvick. Um, so he has that series advantage between the two guys here. And on the tear right now, I mean, he's been driving very well, four straight top tens for Christopher Bell, very quietly. You know what I mean? He got knocked out of the playoffs, but this... Last stretch has been pretty good for young Christopher Bell here. So maybe that is where he's getting these odds, minus 120. Because that's what my first question was like, why is he so favored? Um, then you look at Kevin Harvick. So so I was interested to see what Bell was looking like. Now I'm like, okay, you know, I could kind of see that. Uh, but looking at Harvick, last 10 races, no wins, two top fives, six top tens. His average finish is 11.4. It's eighth. Driver rating in his last 10 is 8th. And then, looking at his last three races, his driver rating in his last three races, the races, by the way, that Christopher Bell were racing in, he finished 86.1 in the driver rating stat compared to 72.6 for Christopher Bell in those three races. So that's a pretty decent stretch. 10 for 10 in top 20s. I mentioned that when we were talking about Ryan Newman, how there are uh, people who have... 10 for 10 and 9 for 10 for finishing in the top 20. Kevin Harvick is one of those guys. He's 10 for 10, top 20 finishes. Now, this is what I'm thinking. If I know Kevin Harvick is going to finish within the top 20, I'm feeling pretty confident. I can't say that about Christopher Bell. I mean, I know that he's on a bit of a tear, and I know that you know, he's, he's been driving very well, and, and he's going to be a driver of the future. Maybe he will rip off some stats like this, but I can't be sure that Christopher Bell is going to finish in that top 20. You never know. So I think this is going to be a very competitive head-to-head matchup. I think most likely the way this is going to play out is they're going to be right around that top 10 mark. But the fact of the matter is Kevin Harvick knows how to keep it in that top 20, and Christopher Bell, you know, he's young. Something could happen to him here at a track like this, a short track, uh, a track that is kind of difficult to learn and tame. So I'm going to take the the devil that I know and not put my money down on someone that, you know, is still trying to figure this racetrack out in their equipment. Now, green flag speed is another tip in the uh, Kevin Harvick favor. He's sixth out of everyone on 750 tracks compared to Christopher Bell, who's 11th. And the fact is... Kevin Harvick is plus 100, and those odds are just more attractive to me than the minus 120 for Christopher Bell and, and kind of the unknown. So Bell may be the hot hand, but Kevin Harvick is is still no slouch. I mean, he's been competing 
these last few races at Texas, at Kansas, um, since he got knocked out of the playoffs, I thought he was just going to roll over and die. But no, he's been fighting back. Really good finishes as well. So I really like what I'm seeing here from Harvick. Um, and I like the, the plus 100 odds here for him. So lock me in, Kevin Harvick, because of the odds over Christopher Bell. I mean, I really liked Harvick to finish top 10. His top 10 stats um, are also very good, and his odds there are minus 130. But, hey, give me plus 100 just to be one other guy. You know what I mean? Lock that in, the four car. I haven't bet on Harvick in a little while, so it does feel kind of good. Um, lock it in. I said one more time. Now, the next matchup that we're getting at here is a, kind of a similar situation. It's Bubba Wallace minus 120 versus Austin Dillon plus 100. This is a very equal matchup. And I'm also not sure why the odds are so skewed in the favor of Bubba Wallace. Now, Wallace, seven races lifetime at this racetrack, two top 15 finishes. His best finish is 11th. That happened last year in 2020 in the spring race. He finished 16th in the spring this year, 2021. His average finish in those seven races is 20.9. His driver rating is not great, 60.7. Now, he's been better recently in those last three races at Martinsville. His driver rating improved to 71.3, which is interesting because when you look at Dylan's driver rating, it's kind of the opposite situation. In his last three, it's 60.4, but if you look at his last 10 races at Martinsville, it's much higher, 69.8. So they kind of flip-flop. And uh, his last 10 races, his stats, one top five, one top 10, four top 15s, if you wanted to go that apples-to-apples number. Uh, so four compared to two of uh, Bubba Wallace here. His average finish is 20.2, a smidge better than Bubba. 14th in the spring race, that just barely beat Bubba. And his last seven races at Martinsville, all seven, Bubba Wallace was in. Austin Dillon has a 4-3 lead. Now, more recently, it kind of goes towards Bubba. I think it's like 3-1. But like we talked about, Dillon got it done in the spring. Green flag speed is the huge difference maker to me in this matchup. Austin Dillon is 18th out of everyone in green flag speed on 750s. Bubba Wallace is 25th like really far behind. He just hasn't figured it out. And so that is something that really stands out to me here in this matchup. Because when you're looking at something like this, you're trying to find, you know, clearly Bubba has had the stats a little bit more recently, but they're still not that far apart. So to see that on 750s is a big deal. And the fact that we're getting the odds for Bubba, sorry, getting the odds for Dylan plus 100. The odds for Bubba are you know, a little out of whack. Um, so I'm going to go my pick, Austin Dillon plus 100 in this matchup. Pretty similar to what we were just saying about Harvick. I just like the odds and what I'm seeing about these stats. Um, they're speaking to me. So lock me in for the three car. Now the last guy that I'm going to take, or the last matchup, it's a razor thin head-to-head -head matchup. Kurt Busch minus 115 compared to Alex Bowman minus 115. These guys, I mean, it's a perfect matchup. The sports books did a great job putting these guys together because it's very tough to find an edge when you're looking at this. So one thing to call out, Alex Bowman has only eight races in his career at Martinsville. Obviously, Kurt has a bunch, so we're able to look at his last 10. But when we call out our last 10 races, Bowman only has eight of them. Um, average finish, 
you know, comparing the two. I mean, this is kind of how we're going to break this one down. We're going to call out a bunch of stats and tell you who's in the lead. So show you how close they are. Average finish, it's 14.4 to 15.4. The advantage goes to Kurt. Drive rating is 83.8 to 80.9. The advantage goes to Kurt there as well. Now, if you just focus in on the last three races, 94.0 to 91.7 are the driver ratings for that length of time, and the advantage there actually goes to Bowman. So he is getting better at this track over time, it would seem. So now you want to look at green flag speed, right? Because I'm trying to go through this list of stats and these metrics and trying to find something that stands out to me. Green flag speed doesn't really tell us much either because they're right next to each other this season in 2021 on 750 tracks, 12th and 13th in the rankings there. So that's pretty crazy too, but Bush has the advantage. He's 12th over Bowman, who's 13th. I'm not really holding that in much regard. They're they're very close together. That's uh, razor thin, like I said. So looking for something to try to steer me in the right direction. At Martinsville, in the last five races, Kurt has a four to one head to head advantage in that series. So that's something that maybe say, okay, that's that's interesting. Um, but I also wanted to take into consideration right now. I mean, they're both, you know, former playoff drivers. They're knocked out. How are they doing more recently? And in the last five races, just right now, the last five races of this season, Kurt has also a four one lead now. So 4-1 in the last five at Martinsville, 4-1 in the last five right now in 2021. So that, I think, is the tipping thing that I need here to, to tip the scales. Um, my pick in this one is going to be Kurt Busch, minus 115. Like I said, this could go either way, but diving into all the stats, trying to kind of weigh everything and see where you come out, to me, I came out on the side of Kurt Busch and the one car. So to recap the picks here, we're going with Kevin Harvick, plus 100 over Christopher Bell, Austin Dillon, plus 100 over Bubba Wallace, and Kurt Busch, minus 115 over Alex Bowman. So we're going with the one, the three, and the four this week in our head-to-head matchups. I'm you know, feeling pretty confident this week. We'll see if we can swing it back to the right side of the fence. So in this final segment, you know, you could call it Phil's fired up, but I'm really just excited. So it's not a negative fired up. I'm a I'm positive fired up. I'm really looking forward to seeing what unfolds this weekend. And we want to start with some championship conversation here. So the odds for the championship at Martinsville are super interesting because we've got guys who are further down the list. Obviously, Kevin Harvick plus 170. Sorry, Kyle Larson plus 170. He's locked in, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens next week for him. But everybody else, I'm going to list them off here so you can see the range. Chase Elliott is the second favorite to win the title, plus 280. Then Hamlin, plus 320. Then it jumps. Truex, plus 700. Kyle, plus 900. Ryan Blaney, plus 1,000. Kozlowski, plus 2,000. And Logano, plus 2,800. Those odds shifted a little bit from the other day. Logano was plus 3,000. Now, the reason this is so interesting is because last year... Chase was plus 2,500 uh, to win the championship, and we took that. We called that out uh, going into Martinsville because he was way out of it, and he ends up winning the race and then winning Phoenix. Um, like we talked about, if you wanted to throw 2,800 on Joey Logano, you were not crazy because he could definitely win this race on Sunday. I, I mean, the, the, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. 
So I think I'm going to do it just because it worked last year. Like, why the hell not? Some of these other guys, uh, if you get Kyle Busch, who's in the positive right now, if you get him at plus 900, I think that could reap some benefits next week because these odds are going to shift dramatically. Um, if any one of these guys, Truex, Blaney, Kozlowski, Logano, Kyle Busch, if any one of those guys make it into the final four, those odds are going to shift dramatically down. So you are, you know, if you're a fan of one of these guys or you believe in any of these guys, like Ryan Blaney, plus 1,000, he's only one point to the bad. I very strongly believe that he could make it into the, the final four. Um, so plus 1,000, very good. And I think he could win the title if he gets to Phoenix. I think he's he's someone. This this is going to be an absolute dogfight at Phoenix. We'll talk about it next week. But to, to see who makes it in. Um, so the point being is I just want to draw attention because I know we always focus on the, the race at hand. But there is money to be made out there. You know, don't forget about these championship odds because – like I said, if you have a gut feeling about any of these guys, you, you are a fan of any of these guys who are lower on the list there, and they're able to come up big this weekend, you could be sitting on a pretty good ticket going into Phoenix and have even more of a rooting interest. So just wanted to draw your attention to it to see if you like any of those numbers and any of those drivers, because anybody has a chance to win this weekend at Martinsville and get into that Final Four. So the other thing I wanted to talk about in this area was some cool bets that DraftKings has out there right now. They're, they're calling them specials and playoff specials to boot. So just some really interesting conversations here to have. It really comes down to trying to think in your mind, okay, who do you think is going to be in the Final Four? Because they are allowing you to basically say yes or no for specific drivers. And I think that is so cool. We're finally seeing sports books embrace NASCAR and have a little fun with it. Um, the first one that they have on here is Kyle Busch. Uh, will he make the championship four? Yes is plus 100. No, minus 120. That is very interesting to me. I mean, I'm in this area more about the odds because I think anything can happen. I don't think that this is like totally locked in. You could say like Chase and, and Denny, they're locked in. I, I don't necessarily feel that way. I think that we could have a huge shuffle um, coming in on Sunday night. So I'm more inclined to take the, the better odds for the gambler in these little prop bets than I am to go with the, the favorite option. Because plus 100, I mean, he's one point to the good. And we talked about his stats when we went through the, the finishing position prop bet. So Kyle plus 100, I, I don't mind that whatsoever. Um, so then we're, we're getting into some of the other bets. You know, some of these are a little crazy. All top five finishers are playoff drivers. Mm, that's, you know, plus 130. That could be pretty tough to see. I mean, we've seen these non-playoff drivers really show up. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'd want to do that. There's a bunch of them. We're not calling them all out. But let's get into some of these specific driver bets. All right. Uh, we're talking about Chase Elliott now. He's minus 2,500 to make the championship four. Plus one, sorry, plus 1,200 to not make it. I mean, who is to say that he can't blow a tire or have something go wrong? You know, a couple years ago, his shifter broke. Um, Early in the race, like very first lap, 
Who's to say something like that can't happen and he's out on points? Like, if, if he has something like that happen, he is not guaranteed a spot. He's not that far up in points. Plus 1,200 to not make it is intriguing to me. The same exact thing for Denny. Um, he's also, he's got the same exact odds. Plus 2,500 to make it. There's no reason whatsoever why you'd place that bet. Uh, those odds are just too skewed and there's too much risk. Plus 1,200 to not make it. I mean, I want both of those guys. If we're talking about Drivers who I want to see in the championship for. Larson's already there. Okay, great. I think it'd be best for NASCAR to have Denny Hamlin there, because like I talked about earlier with the showdown between the two better drivers this year. I think Chase Elliott is obviously the fan favorite. Him being there draws more eyes on the sport. So, yes, I think that that's better. And then after that, you know, who's it going to be? Um, Ryan Blaney? I think is someone that's very intriguing. If you wanted more of the popularity contest, I think Blaney is someone who stands out to me as a, a guy that makes sense and, and would be great to see. He's also plus 100 to make it. Um, I think that's a bet that I'm willing to take. And Kyle Busch, because you need a bad guy. So any of those five guys, I would be comfortable with being in the, the final four. Um, but as far as the gambling element to this, like I said, I'm taking more of the underdog pick here. Plus 100 for Kyle and Blaney, and plus 1,200 for Denny and Chase to not make it. Not that I'm cheering against them, because like I said, those are the guys that I think I'd want to see as a fan. But for the gambler element, I mean, I think there's a possibility that something bad happens to one of those two guys, and I would like to cash in on that. Uh, if I don't get to see what I want to see as a fan, might as well make some money on it. So, Take a look at some of these. If you're looking at some of these props and you see something that I'm not calling out right now, let me know. And, and if it makes sense, you know, I'll, I'll ride with you here. But um, the only two guys we didn't talk or three guys we didn't talk about. Truex, he's plus 110 to not make it. Uh, minus 130 to make the final four. And then Logano is plus 850. Same exact odds to win the race as he is to uh, make the championship four. So clearly that makes sense. They're saying it's a must win for him. Um, and then Kozlowski, minus 650 to not make it. Again, a little too expensive for me there to bet on him not to make it. And plus 450 to make it. I, you know, like I said, not really going to touch Kozlowski this week. Um, I, I don't know why. I'm Maybe on race day I'll get a little bit more frisky with him, but plus 450 to make it. Um, I, I don't know if I see it, but we'll see. If I do update that, I will put it out there on Instagram. So a lot going on this week. I love to see it. I love all of these specials. And there's just a million more um, for, you know, the parlays, the top 10 parlays. And, and we've hit on some of those recently. So I'll try to dig in a little bit deeper, post them out there on Instagram stories on Sunday and see what we come back with. The other thing that I'm going to call out is... Keep your eyes peeled on Saturday for the truck race. We finally get some trucks back into our life, and I absolutely love it. I was digging into some stats. You know, it's really tough to find some guys that stand out here on uh, the, the truck series, but I'm going to try to see who we like to win the race this weekend and, and dig into some head-to-heads and put them out there on Instagram. Because when you're looking at the Martinsville truck stats, it's skewed by a lot of drivers who are not in the truck series. Um, so it's kind of tough to kind of see that breakdown. But um, in any case, keep your eyes peeled for the trucks, and uh, we'll get into it and have a great weekend this week for Halloween and Sunday.
Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's get these bets in now while we can because we're running out of races here to gamble on NASCAR. It's going to be a wild one at Martinsville this weekend. Have a happy Halloween, and we'll see you with the championship four next week for Phoenix. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Go. Hell no place to go.